listen for the prayer of illumination. O Lord, open our minds and hearts to your word so that we can learn your ways and speak your truth and love. In Christ's name, amen. The first scripture this morning is from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. The voice of the Lord, powerful and full of majesty. Thanks be to God.
our gospel lesson on this uh, baptism, of Lord, baptism of our Lord Sunday comes from Mark's gospel, chapter 1, 4 through 11. Listen for the word of God. So John the baptizer, baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And the whole Judean region and the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the strap of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth, from Galilee, and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove upon him. And the voice came down from the heavens. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Let us pray. Oh God, may you descend upon us this morning and may your spirit anoint us and may we know that we are your beloved. Amen. Well, I have to admit something this morning, something that's been true all of my life. I'm afraid of water. Deep water, mostly. That's maybe why I swim like a wounded walrus. I don't know. Like a lot of stories, this, this story begins in my childhood. My dad loved the river, the fishing, the swimming, the, the good times with his brothers and friends. Now, my mother, on the other hand, was dead, deadly, deathly afraid of the water of the Gascadade River. It was a, it's a beautiful river. It's a little larger than the Scioto, and it was great for fishing and canoeing. And most of the time, it's quiet, meandering. But once in a while, it's raging out of its banks. And while my dad found enjoyment and good memories, here my mother found only grief. She remembered the lives that were taken in these waters. Our neighbor, Bob Bush, and his two brothers drowned in the waters of the Gasconade River, where we loved to fish, just, just a few miles away. And she never forgot it. So my mother was never going to have that happen to her children. If she had anything to do with it. So my sister and I, well, we never learned to swim. Not as children. For my dad, the water brought joy and relaxation. For my mom... It brought fear, doubt, worry. But isn't that the way of water? That which refreshes, cleanses, and gives us life also can destroy and frighten and threaten life. Water is good. Water is dangerous. Remember the words spoken by Anselon in the line, the Christ, the Christ figure, the line on the witch in the war robe. When one of the children asked Aslan if he is safe, she was told, nope, he's not. He's not safe. 
He's not a tame lion, but he is good. Water. It's not safe, but it is good. We couldn't live without it. Not for very long. It sustains our life. And I would submit the very same thing could be said of going to the font, the sacrament. Yes, baptism is good, but it's not safe. I remember this pastor in Kentucky who once said that all baptismal fonts should be posted with a caution sign, similar to signs posted up and down coastlines all over the, all over the country and the world, perhaps. It should say, caution, come, don't come near this water. I'm wondering, why would he say such a thing? In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and he was baptized by John, and just as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart, and a dove descending on him, and the Holy Spirit was present, and a voice came from the heaven, you are my son, my beloved, and you, I am well pleased. His baptism was good, it was dangerous. It was a defining moment in Jesus' life. In Jesus, God had committed the act of breaking into the world. And Mark wants the world to know that. When Jesus emerges from the water, he receives, he realizes his call. He emerges from the water knowing that he will serve God even if it means going to a cross. That's the path of baptism. And the main point from the text from Mark and the purpose of Jesus' baptism for all of us is that we are baptized into something. A fundamental change takes place in baptism, whether we know it or not. As an adult, we acknowledge that we are accepted and we're part of Christ's body. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that by one spirit, we are baptized into one body. And also in Galatians, as many of you were baptized into Christ, you put on Christ. Well, we know that after his baptism, Jesus went to work. He spoke against the way the poor were treated and the outcast, how they were, how they were discriminated against. And, and he confronted the religious institutions for its intolerance and closed-mindedness. And as he passed through the water of baptism, it was good. It was dangerous. His baptism led him into a ministry as, as Matthew would recall, when John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, are you the one to come or should we look for another? And Jesus answered them, go tell John. Actually, he's telling us too. Go tell John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Those with skin disease are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor have good news brought to them. We know water is dangerous. Water is good. Water is life-sustaining. Baptism is good. Yes, but there are times when baptism is dangerous. We are marked as Christ's own now and forever. And we shouldn't come to the waters of baptism 
unless we are at least open to the likelihood that those waters may change our lives and send us in a different direction. I know that we're here this morning because we heard God's call, God's claim on us. It starts with baptism, but continues throughout our life. God calls us, each of us. We are sealed in baptism to be a part of this community. We're not recruited. We're not coerced. We're not manipulated. We are called. We're called into opportunities and problems of this world that we've been given. We are summoned to experience the redemptive work of God. Some years ago, I heard the stated clerk of our denomination, Grady Parsons, speak at an officer's training event. I, I was caught by his encouragement to stay focused on the work God wants us to do and the definition of that work, which, is, which isn't only focused on locking the doors, cleaning the carpets, or even the making the budget balance, and it will never balance. As important as these things are, our calling is just one thing, one thing only. Our job is to change the world. We are called to stay the same. We're about changing our world into the people and the world God yet wants, to be, wants us to be. Baptism is not about having our plans confirmed, our dreams blessed, but looking to God in order to understand what we should do with the rest of our lives. You are my beloved. In baptism, Jesus is set apart by the divine, called by name, claimed as God's very own. And this morning, I'm arguing that's true for us, each one of us. We are called to change the world. I'd like to share a story of Grace Thomas, she was a child of a streetcar conductor from Birmingham, Alabama. And she fell in love with a boy from Georgia Tech. And they moved to Atlanta. And she married him. And she became a full-time homemaker. Eventually, she took a job as a secretary at the state capitol in Atlanta, where she became interested in politics and law. And she enrolled in law in night school. And when she finally graduated from law school, she astonished her family by saying, I'm not going to practice law. I decided to run for political office. Well, I want to tell you about the second time she was running for the governor of Georgia in 1962, during the, during the height of the civil rights movement. And one day she gave a campaign speech in a little town of Louisville, Georgia. The centerpiece in Louisville it's not a war a monument or a county courthouse. It's an old slave market where human beings were bought and sold. She decided to give her speech under the canopy of that slave market. She addressed a group of farmers, merchants, and she pointed at that slave market and said, this, thank God, has passed. The new has come. It's time for Georgians to join hands all races. Somebody from the crowd shouted out, are you a communist? No, she said. Well, where'd you get those ideas anyway? And she thought for a moment, and she pointed to the steeple at the 
First Baptist Church. I got him there in Sunday school. Grace Thomas heard God's claim on her life to a Sunday school teacher. And now she is saying things she never dreamed she'd ever be saying. She is called into places she never dreamed she'd be called. Grace Thomas was out changing her world. No doubt, no doubt, there will always be someone or something challenging those who attempt to change the world. It is the most difficult task we could ever take apart. We like a comfortable status quo. My wife Janice tells the story of her preaching her first sermon. She says, I still remember that first sermon. I was in seminary, part-time job, was to preach a Sunday afternoon at the worship service. When the service was over, I was shaking hands with the worshipers as they exited the chapel. When one man commented, I've never heard a woman preach before. I didn't know there were women preachers. Well, I assured him, she said, that churches were served by both, some churches were served by both men and women clergy. He shook his head. And speaking of God truly was scraping the bottom. He concluded, well, I guess God can choose whoever God wants. Sooner or later, we will find ourselves in dangerous places we didn't expect to do, be. Doing things we never expected to do in God's name. And it's not bad theology to keep in mind. God can use whoever God wants to. God can claim, God claims us, each one of us, to change our world, where we live today. It may not be the whole world, but it sure can be our community. Cautious or confident, scared or brave, timid or energetic, we come to this spot and this table and we give ourselves to God. The water is not a safe place, but it is good. So today, remember your baptism and know that Jesus is calling your name. Jesus is calling you. And by the grace of God, may this be so. Amen.